Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. Amen. A couple of things that I want to bring to our attention, especially as a church, as it relates to prophecy. Uh, Bishop Brooks, uh, my mentor, came in in December, and he said that this would be a year of supernatural favor. So these are things that you need to be praying into your heart, that this is a year of supernatural favor for myself. I prayed this over myself. I said, Lord, I receive this supernatural favor. Wherever I go, I have favor. I have favor on my job, favor in my finances, favor wherever I go, supernatural favor. So you got to raise your level of expectation as it relates to uh, the prophecy on this house. Also, he said that this is a year to receive by cutting people off who are holding you back. And so some of us might be holding on to people and relationships that we need to cut off because it may be blocking your blessing. Hello, somebody. And so, you know, you got to get discernment on who's good for you and who's not good for you. And, um, and so that, that could potentially be some of the hindering things. And you can get caught up and be paralyzed because you, you're so caught up with somebody's mess and somebody's drama. Hallelujah. Not all the drama you have to be in. Some drama you put yourself in. Am I talking to the right people today? Y'all awfully quiet in this Methodist church. And so, so some, sometimes we put ourselves in drama situations. Come on, somebody. And so you need to get yourself out if you put yourself into it. Amen. And he said, and, and you can't change unless you move. That was the third thing he gave us. He said, you can't change unless you move. And you can't sit still and expect things to happen. So in other words, you, you got a moving anointing on you. See, the Holy Spirit was always moving. It was never stationary. Even when the Holy Spirit for the first time was brought in the Bible, it was in the book of Genesis, and the Bible said, and the Spirit of God, I said, and the Spirit of God moved, and it's still moving today. The ebb and flow of the Spirit. The, the Spirit flows when you're in the valley, and the Spirit flows when you're on the mountaintop. The Spirit does not stop moving. Sometimes we're the ones that refuse to get in the flow of the Spirit. And see, sometimes the Spirit is moving. We want to stay where we are. But the Bible said in the Old Testament, when the cloud moved, the people move. When the cloud stayed, the people stayed. So you have to have discernment to know when is the cloud. Cloud is the Holy Ghost. When is the cloud moving and when is the cloud staying? Is he telling me to stay in this relationship or get out of this relationship? Is he telling me to stay on this job or get out of this job? What is the Holy Ghost saying to you? You got to move with the Holy Ghost. And then last Sunday, Apostle Holiday came in and just wore me out, expanded my thinking. I've been praying, Lord, enlarge my tent, but it was still too small. And there's nothing like having somebody that you love and somebody that loves you to rebuke you. Because, listen, this, this is one, I'm going to get into this in a little bit later, but this is one of the fatal flaws of the church. Nobody wants to be corrected. It's a flaw, and especially leaders. It's a flaw. It's a flaw in the body of Christ. People equate correcting you as criticism. Why is that in the house of God? When you have somebody that loves you, that wants to see you do great things, and then they they happen to give you a hard word, and all of a sudden, I'm leaving this church. I don't like the way you said that. Poor thing. Yeah. We got to get better than that, thanks to God. Because the Bible said, faithful are the wounds of a friend. So you'd rather be wounded by your enemy or a friend? Because a friend will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. 
Amen? And so, so faithful are the wounds of a friend. I'm not intentionally trying to wound anybody, but I do want to see people go to another level. And to do that, i got to challenge you. Sometimes I may have to give you some objective observations. Hello, somebody. You notice how I tame that a little bit? <laughs> some of them just went right over their heads. That's okay. So he came and rebuked me and said, my vision was too small that the Lord said we're going to need a 20,000-square-foot building. That's just the start. That's a minimum for the apostolic center that God wants to put in this particular reason. First, you know, when he said that, guys, uh, I mean, anytime you get a prophecy like that, you go, whoa, wait a minute, Lord, are you sure? You want that? I mean, you know, man, that, that seems, you know, I'm thinking maybe a seven, 8,000-square-foot building we can start off with. You know what I'm saying? But Lord said, no, my, your vision is too small. That might be why he never showed me the place yet. Amen? Potentially, right? Because I've been praying about it. Well, maybe my prayers have been too small, and he's trying to enlarge my tent bigger than what I'm praying. Amen? Because I'm not the one that wants some big edifice laid up there, big old church, and nobody's in it. If I'm going to build a church, we're going to build a church, and something's going to be happening every night. Monday, we're going to have Spanish classes for Spanish-speaking people that want to learn English. We're going to have English-speaking people want to learn Spanish. We're going to have everything up in there. We're going to have basketball courts, tennis courts. It better be lights on all the time in a church that I'm going to build because I don't just want to build a building and then it's empty all the time. The building has to be for the community. Otherwise, get out of the community. It has to be a community center. It has to be a place where we can go and have Bible studies, maybe have a good cup of coffee, because I do have a vision to open up a place called Jehovah's Java. And so it has to be a cup of, don't you steal my idea either. <laughs> Amen. And so, well, you can have a cup of coffee and then have some private rooms, maybe where you can do some Bible studies and nobody's going to say a word about you can't say the name of Jesus because you'll be on Jesus' property. Amen. I want to have a place where business people say, you know what? I like using their facility because they have the right technology. They have the right electronics. And man, there's just something about that place. It's just every time I bring my business people there, it's just such a spirit of peace. Can we have that? Oh, we're going to have it. Amen. And so th this is these are some of the things that I want to. I'm going to bring these back to your remembrance because I believe faith comes by hearing. And I have to keep telling myself these things, guys, because don't, don't you realize, how many of you are being attacked right now? You're being attacked in areas you just never thought you would be attacked in, just by a show of hands, maybe two or three of you, okay? So everybody else, you're not getting attacked? There's nothing happening? So let me just pray a prayer over you so you can get attacked. Is that okay? <laughs> don't, pray. <laughs> don't pray that prayer, Pastor. <laughs> All right, by a show of hands. Who's just being attacked right now? There's something going on, guys. That's happening that you have never seen. Now, listen, the way you're getting attacked right now, we, we're probably getting three or four times that. Right? Now, I'm not saying it for sympathy. I don't need that at all. What I need is your prayer. That's what we need. Amen? But I'm just saying I, I welcome it because there's something that I must be doing right. See, first, we got to remember just because you get attacked, it's not necessarily because you're doing anything wrong. Saints, maybe it's because you are doing something right. Maybe the enemy is upset. He can't look into your future because he's omnipresent. So he can't look into your future, but he can hear everything you're saying today, and he can, he can make you forfeit what God wants to do in your life based on what you say. You can say, well, God, I don't believe that's going to happen. The enemy's going to do everything to make sure that comes true. So you got to watch what you say. 
You got to speak faith-filled words, not fear-filled words. He wants you to be fearful about everything. Fear is false evidence appearing real, I heard Joyce Meyer say. It's not even real. You are fearful of something you haven't done yet. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't take that class. I'm so afraid. Oh, I just I can't zip line. I'm just so afraid. <laughs> zip lining could be a little difficult for some people. Because you're not just like three feet off of the ground. So uh, that one would be a little bit harder, right? Amen. But it does take faith to zip line. Amen. How many of you have zip line before? I mean, I love zip line. I Me and my family, we, everywhere we go, we want to zip line something. Right, and the highest zip line we was on was uh, Cabo, Cabo San Lucas. We were in the mountains, and we were, we were up so high that we could see the Pacific Ocean. And that was the longest zip line. I think it was, what, 1,600 feet across? And we went from one mountain to the next. Man, that was exhilarating. <laughs> Good gracious. Man, that was, that was awesome. Listen, that'll help you with your faith. <laughs> I'm not lying. That'll help you with your faith. Because listen, listen, let me Oh, my God. Thank you. Holy Ghost. See, let me tell you what faith is. Faith is jumping off knowing you are just nothing but you in that zip line. That, that's what God wants. He wants you to jump off because sometimes we keep, Lord, if I jump off, then I don't know what's going to happen, Lord. If I start that business, I don't know, God. It may, not, it may not work, Lord. I don't know if I start that class, Lord. I don't know oh, if I take this new job. And God says, jump off. I got you. Zip line, baby. Give somebody a high five and say, you need a zip line. Mm-hmm. You need a zip line. Go ahead and jump off. Amen? Praise God. Come on, write this in your notes. The new wineskin of God's joy, power, love, compassion, revelation, and truth cannot be placed in old wineskins of man-made traditions, denominational directives, and religious rituals or lackluster Liturgy. Let me tell you something, guys. We want this new outpouring of the Holy Ghost, don't we? Because it's new every day. He said, behold, I do a new thing. But listen, if we refuse to change, that means if we refuse to change the wine skin that we're living in, then we are not ready for the new wine of his joy, his power, his love, compassion, revelation, and truth. Maybe one of the reasons you're just not feeling God like you want to feel him is because you are resistant to change. Now, I know this is not an easy topic to talk about because nobody likes to change. Now, I got two or three in here said, mm. So, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, come on, saints. It's hard to change, right? If you've been doing something for so long, it's hard to. And I'm not I'm by myself in here. It is, y'all ain't talking to me. So it's hard to change. If you've just been going in a certain direction for so long, it is hard to change. If you've been indoctrinated by denominational directives, it is hard to change when you see a new move. Wait a minute. I have never seen that move before. We've never done it like that before. We've always done it this way. Well, so? Maybe the Holy Ghost is ready for something new, right? He wants to give you the new wine, but we got to be prepared on the outside with the new wine skin so that we will be able to expand with what God wants to do. Are you hearing this with me, guys? So listen, we got all these man-made traditions. We got all this stuff. Man, we got to wear white on this day. We got to wear a hat on this day. and It's purple this day. And, and man, you got to stand up this time and sit down that time and and oh my God, it's just so much stuff. 
when the Holy Ghost said, man, just, 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 just love on me. Just be here for me. And then we, then we have religious rituals. Come on, somebody. We got to go through our little religious thing. <laughs> well, if, if, they don't, if they don't preach like this, you got to preach a certain way, and the pastor got to look a certain way. His first lady, the first lady had to look a certain way, and got all these personal preferences. <laughs> uh, my wife ain't the typical first lady anyway. She don't even like that term. And so, so you know, listen, we got to get past some of this, this, this ritualistic stuff, right? Amen? And we got these supermen and superwomen in the pulpits. It's all about them. It ain't about you, bruh. It's about him. And listen, the only thing God is concerned about is making sure us as pastors is getting a bride ready for his son. He never, never, ever sanctioned a pastor to fall in love with his bride. Never. He's only sanctioned that the pastors get the bride ready. Oh, bless you, baby. Are you with me here? So I'm not here to fall in love with you. He, that's why he gave me my own bride. I'm here to prepare you for Jesus. He's the one that's going to marry you. Amen. And so listen, listen, listen. Let me set this up. Have you, have you ever noticed a couple that, uh, when you, okay, y'all, don't judge me. You ever been people watching and, uh, you, come on, come on now. Don't, hold on, hold. And all of a sudden, you see a couple and you go, mm, how in the world did he end up? <laughs> all right, don't, please don't judge me, guys. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this could happen. I'm not saying I saw this. I'm just saying it could happen. So, so you, you look and you go, man, I wonder how that happened, you know making a comparison because the way he looks compared to the way she looks, you're like, How, what happened there? What, is something wrong? Is she okay? Is she blind? Does she have a stick? So, right? So y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm saying? Now listen, listen. She, he could be just tore up, right? But she's just like, wow. You, and you're trying to figure out, or in the reverse, you see a brother that's like, man, that dude is just like, man, he is like stacked, right? And then you see the woman, and you go, what's wrong with him? Right? Anybody? Am I by myself? Okay, so, uh, maybe two or three of you have seen this before. Okay, so take <laughs> every day. <laughs> Jimmy said every day. So, <laughs> so take that example, right? Take that example. Let's just say the man is like just awesome. You see him, he's got it together, got it going on. But when you see the woman and you go, it's like, yikes, what in the world happened? Right? I mean, you got a brother that looks really good and then you marry somebody that looks like Medea. So, so, so now take that picture, right? Take that picture. The good looking brother is Jesus. <laughs> it might hurt a little, but I'm not going to turn the knife. And that old ugly bride. <laughs> Somebody say he's talking about me. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you. I know you didn't put your hand up there. I'm talking about you. And Jesus, regardless of how we looked, how we smelled, if we had drugs in our system or not, 
No matter if we had our hair all disheveled, no matter if our breath would run dragons off, Jesus said, I still love you. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good news? That you can wake up in the morning, no matter if you're a male or female, and you can say, good morning, and he don't turn his head. Y'all don't, y'all see, y'all don't want me to preach this. And you say, good morning, how you doing? My father, my lover, the lover of my soul, and he's still right there with you. See, that's the metaphor that I've been trying to paint just a few seconds there to show you how good God is compared to how bad we were. And he still loves us enough to marry us. It's my job to make sure that she don't look like Medea. I want you to shape up, you know, go do some, something. <laughs> so you can look better, maybe do some makeup or something. Yeah, I believe in makeup in this church, I ain't lying. Some folks, yeah. Let me move before I get in trouble. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind makeup. I need mean, some folks need to get to that Mac counter. All right, write this down. I'm stopping. All right, let's get back spiritual. Y'all all right? Let's get back spiritual. Let's get back in the Holy Ghost now. All right? Write this down. This is from my good friend. He's my good friend now. We were talking on Thursday, Christopher Patrick Johnson, and uh, we're, we're trying to get him in June or July to come and minister on the uh, apostolic. Uh, in his book, The Fullness of Ministry, which is a powerful book, I would suggest you all get it. He said, God will not pour new wine into the life of one who is bound by the traditions and doctrines of men. It would be disastrous and pointless. We must allow God to soften, expand, and enlarge our hearts to receive the new wine because the drought is over. Let, let me I underline that. I said the drought is over. I said the drought is over, saints of God. I don't know what, what that means for you, but for me, that means a lot of things that the drought is over. The new wine is beginning to flow, and he has saved the best wine for last. I'm telling you, you may not be where you want to be, but God has saved the best wine for last. The drought is over. Say that to yourself. My drought is over. See, when you say my, when you, somebody need to prophesy to yourself and say, my drought is over. My depression is over. My fear is over. My lack is over. My sickness is over. My drought is over. I don't know what that means for you, but that means a whole lot for me that it is over. Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, my drought is over. See, sometimes you're going to have to prophesy to yourself. So when I give you a word, you should be giving this word back to yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Sometimes you have to repeat things in your ears, in your hearing, so you can develop faith in it. My drought is over. I don't know. My drought is over. I don't know about your drought. But my drought is over. I'm tired of dry seasons. Aren't you tired of dry seasons? I'm tired of dry seasons. See, it's time for us to come out of Loda Bar. Yeah, we got to come out of Lodabar. That's where Mephibosheth was. He was found in Lodabar. Lodabar is a place of parched pastures. He was in Lodabar over there in the house of Micah. Micah means sold out because when you get sold out, you find yourself in dry places, dry things, uh, no dry. You got a dry anointing and a dry spirit. You got a dry worship and dry prayer life because you find yourself in Lodabar. Sometimes you got to watch who you attach yourself with. And the reason he was in Lodabar is because somebody dropped him, somebody who was 
was trying to save him dropped him. I don't know who dropped you. Maybe somebody dropped you from ministry. Maybe somebody dropped you in a relationship. Maybe somebody dropped kicked you before. But now, because you have been that way, you found yourself in a drop place. Mephibosheth was crippled in his feet, but he was also called by the king to come sit at the king's table. See, we all have been damaged, but we might be delivered right now. See, we all got some damage uh, that we've been that has been done to us, but we're delivered, but we might have a little damage in us. See, when we come to the church, all of us should have a placard on our foreheads that says, handle with care. Why? Don't drop me. I've been dropped before. I don't want you to drop me anymore. This is why some people hop from church to church to church and relationship, relationship to relationship, because you're basing your future on something that happened in your past when somebody dropped you. Somebody say Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is one of many men that was in the Bible that he was sitting at the king's table, but he never got healed. See, when you're sitting at the table, all you see is here, and you might look at a person from, from the head and the shoulders down, and they look good, but if you looked up under that table, you would see his little crooked feet. See, that's how we are in the church. See, we only want to show people that side of us that's above the table, but if you looked under the table, you'll see how jacked up I am. See, that's the part that God sees, but you don't want that human side to show to everybody else because you don't want somebody that might be able to talk about you. You want to look good up here, but under the table, you don't want people to know you can't handle the checkbook. You want to look good up here, but under the table, you don't want people to know you hadn't prayed in almost a year. See, that's where we are as a church, saints of God, but if we could just get honest with people and say, look, I need some help. Listen, I, I haven't been where I need to be spiritually. Can you help me? Can you pray with me? Can we link up together and pray in the mornings? I just need somebody to help me ignite my fire. Can we be honest enough to know that we are not always on fire for God? Can we get together with somebody else in the church so that we can say, look here, I need your help. I need you to stand with me. I need you to pray with me. I need you to support me. Even though I'm not where I want to be, I believe you can help me get to my next level. Are you here with me today? All of us need help at times. But if we're in a place where you got to be superficial with everybody, there's no realness, there's no genuineness in the house, how in the world are you going to grow? When, when somebody asks you, is everything all right? Oh, man, no, we're blessed. And you walk out the door and you're still hurting. You remember the message I came in and I talked to somebody, please help me? You're crying on the inside and say, can you please help me? Make sure you say it on the outside so people know you need help. Am I in the right place? Amen. And so listen, this, this is the drought. Man, the drought is over, saints. I don't care where you are right now as it relates to your finances, as it relates to your relationships. The drought is over. It is over. And you're going to have to start believing that. You're going to have to start prophesying that. God is already moving and, and, and shaping things, putting things in place. But if you're not willing to move, you might miss your season. I hope I'm, I'm teaching to the right folks right now. Amen. I know this might be a tough word to swallow, but let me tell you something. Every word that you receive that's going to make you change is going to be tough. I'm not here to pat you on the back. I'm here to get you to your next level. Amen. Now, everybody here want to grow, right? Everybody here wants to grow. Now, to grow, there has to be change. And sometimes you have to be challenged to grow. 
Amen. I'm being challenged to my core right now, challenged to read more, challenged to study more. I, I mean, man, it's just like, wow. Every time I turn around, it's like, Lord, I'm going to have to know more about that particular situation. I'm going to have to know about that particular doctrine. I'm going to have to know about that particular revelation because God says in order to go to the next level, you're going to have to put in a sacrifice. Amen. Praise God. Are you, st- are you still with me? Praise God. Two separate things would happen if you tried to pour new wine in an old wineskin. The first thing the Bible says is the new wine was spilled and be wasted. So in other words, it's almost as if Christians leak. You know what I'm talking about? When you leak, you're on fire temporarily. Something's wrong. You're leaking somewhere. Right? If it's a temporary fire... Either the fire was not genuine in the first place, or you're not doing what you need to do to stoke the fire. So, let me, let me, okay, let me just see if I can give you a natural example of a spiritual reality here. If you do a bonfire, and you just have mm, just a little bit of wood, right? You start that fire, it's going to be intense. But eventually, it's going to burn out. Why? You're going to have to add more wood to it. Why is that any different as a Christian? So you get a good word, you get on fire with it, the Holy Ghost is giving you revelation, and you take that revelation, you don't go back to study anymore, putting the wood on. You don't pray it in your life, putting the wood on. You go back and you you allow the Holy Spirit to take you down those rabbit trails. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you see all these different verses that ties into it, and man, before long, man, you're in the book of Revelation and Genesis and then in Isaiah because you allow the Holy Spirit to take you through those rabbit trails so that you can get a deeper revelation for yourself for what that means for you. You're putting the wood on. This is where we mess up. We get a good word. We get a good revelation, but we don't even open the Bible on Monday to ask God, okay, God, how do I apply that to my life? Then you go to church the next Sunday, you get another word. And you don't open the Bible, you don't put the wood on, and then you go to church the next Sunday. Or perhaps you go to another church, you get another word, because maybe the word I'm giving ain't good enough. But then you go get another word. But you don't open the Bible even to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to ignite that word in you. You don't put the wood on, then all of a sudden you're saying, man, I just don't know why I'm not on fire for God. Well, you didn't put any wood on it. Is, is, this, is this simple enough? I hope it is, because it made sense to me. <laughs> Because I'm not that profound. And so I just know, saints of God, there are some things we have to do every day. Success is, is found in what we do daily. Sometimes we got to change our daily routines in order to be successful. There, uh, sociologically, it says that you have to do something 21 times to form a new habit. Right, And so you have 23, 21 things. You have to do it 21 times before you can form a new habit. With me, it's probably 42 because I'm just that stubborn. But you have to keep doing it over and over to form a new habit. Is this making sense at all? And so, listen, if you are not reading the word like you should, then start somewhere. That's all I'm saying. Listen, and, and, and please give yourself a break. Don't say, man, I'm going to read the whole book of Isaiah. Would you just stop with all that? If you hadn't read the Bible in six months, you're not going to read the whole book of Isaiah. Give yourself a break. Just read a chapter. Just start off small, saints. Let me tell you something. Even if you read three verses, God is more satisfied 
with you reading three verses for an understanding than trying to read the whole Bible and you don't have a clue. Can, can you give yourself a break here, right? So listen, you can get so much stuff out of one verse, you don't even have to read the other verses. That, that's how Abba is. Abba said, I'll give you so much in this one verse, you can't even move to the next verses. Right? And he'll take you go back and go, wow, man, I see fresh revelation there like I've never seen before. Why? Because you're putting the wood on and God is expounding, man. He's just expounding on your heart and you're receiving downloads. That's what I like to say. You're receiving downloads from the Holy Spirit. And before long, you can be riding to work and all of a sudden God can drop something on you and say, man, that's what that means, Lord. Anybody ever been there? Amen. And you say, you, you weren't even trying to be spiritual. And God said, listen, there you go. And you go, whoa, man, I got to get somewhere so I can write that down. Amen. Am I talking to the right people? And so what God is endeavoring to do, guys, he's trying to get us to change the core of who we are. In order for us to grow and experience this new thing that God is doing, we must be willing to change. Apostle Paul, in in our Wednesday night Bible studies, uh, listen, if you're not coming, I, I I would implore you to come. The stuff that I'm teaching on Wednesday nights, are things that every Christian should know. And you need to know these things if you want to mature. There are basic fundamentals, but basic Christianity don't know these fundamentals. They don't even know, they're not even aware of these six fundamental doctrines. Not even aware that they are even applied to us as Christians and we need them in order for us to mature as a Christian. And maybe some of the problem that Apostle Paul had and some of the problems we have in the church today as it relates to immaturity is because we don't understand Christian doctrine. Maybe that's why we can't talk to people in Islam and Jehovah's Witnesses in seven day because we don't even know the differences between what we believe and what they believe. And if you don't understand fundamentals, then you might be confused and think that somehow Catholics are the same as Christians. And they're not because fundamentally they're completely different. But if you don't know the fundamentals, if you don't know what we are from a fundamental standpoint, then how are you going to teach other people who we're not? Amen? And so the Bible implores all of us to study to show ourselves a proof unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth means to cut straight. So as a, as a carpenter, they will always tell you to measure twice and cut once. So that's what you need to do with the word of God. Make sure you measure twice. Make sure you study twice as much so that you will be prepared for every question. The Bible said we should defend the faith. Right? We should be able to give an answer to a person. Right? But when you pray and you, you, you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with who he is, then the Bible says that he'll take you to a place that said, and I will give you a mouth and wisdom that not even your enemies or your adversaries will be able to gainsay or resist. Let me tell you something, saints of God. If you stay in the Bible like that, you won't even have to worry about what do I say next because the Holy Ghost will say, say this. He said, I will give you wisdom, and I will give you a mouth. They can come up with everything they want to come up with, but bottom line is, they need us. They need the truth, saints. And when you hold the truth, man, don't, don't, man, don't let nobody that's walking in this falseness confuse you. Let them Jehovah's Witnesses in your house. Let them in your house. What are you afraid of? Maybe you need to be challenged. Amen. Let them in there. Maybe you don't know the answer. So then you need to go find the answers. Every question they ask you, you need to write it down. I said, boy, next time I'm going to be ready. So I'm going to go study. That's what I did. I said, shoot, because they asked me one question. I was like, boy, that's a good one. 
And uh, <laughs> I ain't lying, because they asked me, they asked me, and I had to rely on the Holy Ghost. And they asked me, they said, well, well, you know, if it's, if it's one God, one Father, one Jesus Christ, one Holy Ghost, why are there so many denominations? Boy, that was a good one. I said, dadgummit. <laughs> I said, and I looked at him, Holy Ghost, tell him, tell him this. And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, Holy Ghost, that wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't lying. I was like, maybe I could have been a little more profound. <laughs> I wanted to be like, man, I'm a pastor. Let me get that joke or something. And I, man, that was the best I came up with. I, I don't know. But then I had to keep listening. And he said, then ask him this. Can you explain why? Oh. Boom. The person that asked the question. I said, the person that asked the questions, well, y'all been around me long enough. You know, if you ask the questions, you control the conversation. So I said, maybe, maybe you can tell me why. Because I got the same question. Uh, uh, and then he looked at the other guy. Because there's always two. Let me tell y'all something about this Jehovah's Witness. Can I teach y'all something? Let me teach you something while I'm teaching. It's always two. Well, the whole religion is based on fraud. It's based on hypnosis. I don't know if you know this. This is why they read from the Bible and read from the watchtower, and they have the whole church looking left to right. So you don't go up in there because your butt will be toe up. So <laughs> you sitting up there just like them, and you looking, all of a sudden you're indoctrinated just like all the rest of them in there. And so listen, that's why they bring two to your house. Notice both of them talk because in your house you're doing this. So when they're in your house, when they come to my house, I said, which one are you talking? Because the other one, you're going to keep quiet. I'm only going to deal with one of you, so I want to only deal with the elder because I want the elder to respond to my questions. Who's the trainer? Because they always have an elder with a trainer. Come on, y'all. I'm telling you some good stuff here. Let them folks in your house. They're good people. We're going to have to give them some truth. They are wonderful people. And so you got to get them to a point to where they say, oh, I got to go talk to my elder. Go get them and bring them back. That's where you got to get them because when they can't answer something, their fall answer, their default answer is, I got to go talk to my elders. And the elders would say, either you can go back or you don't go back to the house. I believe I got to move so they can come back to my house. <laughs> and that's going to happen real soon. So y'all pray that our house sell really quickly. It's on the market right now. So y'all pray that it sell really quickly because we want to move, right? So I want to get them back in my house. And so when you begin to ask those fundamental questions with them, then they're going to have to respond, guys. You do realize they don't believe in the Holy Spirit like we do. So if you don't believe that the Holy Ghost is actually somebody that can come alongside of us, the paracletos, the Bible says, somebody that can encourage us, somebody that's a guide according to the scriptures, if the Holy Ghost is like electricity, then how are you saved if you can only be regenerated by the power of the Holy Ghost? Then how do you get saved? That's my question for the Jehovah's Witness. How do you get saved? Do I have to give out enough tracts? How are you saved? How do you know you're one to 144,000? Ask them the hard questions. Because if it's only 144,000, I wouldn't make it. I ain't good enough to make that number. Come on, saints. I want to be in something where it's limited. When the Bible said my arm is unlimited. No, you crazy. Now, I got to believe only the seven pillars of Islam. That's it. That's all. And I can, I can go kill folks, and I got 72 versions. 
What they fail to tell them is 72 demonic virgins. And they're not feeding them grapes. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Are you here with me, saints? So listen, let them in your house. It's okay. Even if you don't know how to respond, write the questions down so you can go and study your fi- Don't be afraid of people. Why are we so scared to talk with people? Stop this fear. The drought is over. Yes. Don't be afraid just because people don't believe like you. It is not your job to save anybody. Let me help you. It's not your job to save anybody. That's the Holy Ghost's job. It's your job to create an atmosphere where you can create a friend with somebody. So in hopes one day they might have a question for you because they're going to hit a wall one day. Because the God they serve will not provide the right answers for them. And they're going to have to come to you. And if you are so super religious, that's what they call you. If you're so super religious, they're not going to come to you for answers. But if you become a friend with them, and just say, listen, I know we believe differently, but I'm just letting you know. I tell them on my job all the time. I'm going to let you know. I know I don't believe that, and you don't have to believe what I believe, but I'm telling you right now, I'm a man of God, and I'm going to stand as a man of God right here on this job. And one day you're going to need me, and I'm going to be right here for you because you're my friend. Can we just get bold like that? Because I know I got something they need. You got something these people need. But we got to continue to let God renew this old wine skin. So he can pour in that new wine of joy and love. So we can be lovable again. The church has gotten so judgmental and mean, right? Man, what happened to us? We lost our minds. And we got to find our minds again. Because the Bible said we should have the mind of Christ. On your job, you should be the friendliest person on your job. People should look for you on your job. But uh, do you repel people? Because you got a bad day. I have a lot of bad days. I don't let them know it. Right? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number 3.org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.